0: Building better relationships at home and at work For people who have more than enough on their plate Two coaches dangling the possibility Of finding joy in your relationships Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why Today Patty and Angela will
1: explore the difference Between cultures as a way to understand The lesson and the gift of that culture
0: Much of our culture today is seeing an uprising about someone's culture or one person's culture being more important than another culture. However, is that really a way to create better relationships between cultures?
1: Angela, what does the concept of light and shadow mean?
0: Yeah, because in the title of the podcast, we're, we're calling on the light and the shadow in every culture. And how understanding the light and the shadow in a culture can build better relationships between cultures and in our world. So when you ask what's the concept of light and shadow, that's a very, very big question. <laughs> <laughs> because it opens up to other questions about humanity and, and how we got here. So I'm going to try and keep it more targeted today <laughs> about culture. Typically, we think light is all things good and nice and the shadow as the bad parts of ourselves and the world so for example the classic ideas are that god is the light and the devil is the shadow and as i was thinking about your question it reminded me of a nursery rhyme when i grew up there was a little girl who had a little curl right in the middle of her forehead When she was good, she was very, very good. But when she was bad, she was horrid. And when I think of that rhyme, I think that I might get in trouble if I'm bad. And that little girl has a good side and a bad side. So when I was a good girl, I was appreciated. When I was not good, nobody liked me. So that may not be what you interpreted, Patty, but that's how I did when I was a kid. (laughs) yes
1: i agree we do think of the light as good and the dark or the shadow as bad but you can't live without each of them the sun and the moon each complement each other sometimes you go down a dark path when you are hurt to become healed we have all done things out of character when we are hurting to go down the path of the shadow work it opens up old wounds that hurt but in the end once you understand those hurts you heal there was an old show called the shadow knows who knows what lurk evil lurks in the hearts of men the shadow knows when you walk down the street and see your shadow it can be large or small the shadow can become what you make it You become what you want to make it. Do you stay in the hurt or move on and become a better person from your experiences?
0: Yeah, that's a very different way in a sense of what my little girl interpreted of the nursery rhyme. That's a much more mature version. (laughs) (laughs) So my little girl took that nursery rhyme to start punishing myself. Mm -hmm. That's my shadow. I'm not good enough. That's how I took it. If society will like me, if I'm nice, society won't like me if I'm naughty. So it's a very specific part of my shadow that's taken that nursery rhyme and made it to something for me to be scared of if I'm good or bad.
1: It's the people pleaser mentality that we've talked about numerous times that we're taught you need to be good. You need to obey Mm -hmm or nobody's going to like you.
0: Right. And that very mentality is how our earth is treating each culture on the planet. If you look at the pandemic, doesn't take you long to find some news story that says this country's bad, and this country's naughty, and this country's good, and a hero, and and a saint. But within that own country, there's a light and a shadow. And it's through the pandemic that that's been explored but we're not not in my opinion we're not seeing the gift of each country and how they faced the pandemic with just beating each other up still like I did with my own shadow I used to say you're a bad girl and I still beat myself up I'm learning not to do it <laughs> um, but it's so important for me as I watch how we talk about culture and how each country and each culture in that country has addressed the pandemic, how much the media is showing us how we punish each culture. And that's an important lesson for me because it's teaching me, oh, how do I punish myself? How do I think I'm a bad girl? I'm still doing it. And to stop doing that, like you're saying, Patty, the mature way is to look at, How do you want to use the shadow? Mm -hmm. Are you going to make that shadow beat you up? Are you going to be fighting your shadow? Or are you going to look at your gift? So today I want to look at this dynamic and culture. And in our society, we take the idea of light as something attractive. So that's how I've seen how we define light. And we see the shadow as something unattractive and then we hide it and we do a lot of creative stuff in our world to hide the shadow however the shadow is a really important part of us like Patty was just saying it's really important of us as our individual and as a part of our cultural identity and it teaches us about how To embrace the light. So the shadow teaches you how to embrace the light, just as Patty was sharing. It also teaches you about what boundaries to claim so that you can grow more intelligently, more wisely, more in alignment with what you really want (laughs) and how to grow in a way that you want to grow, not as a victim. So in a way that not only benefits humans or your humans, but all humans. So not just your culture, but all cultures, benefits all life and appreciates all life, celebrates all life, all cultures, all people, and even all species, which we're a little bit behind the ball in this one. But yeah, we we like to celebrate other life forms, but we don't really live that in our world yet. We're, We're a little bit behind the ball. So Patty, we talked about the shadow in another podcast, and we connected it to the Aspect inside of ourselves that need a awareness. Do you remember which podcast that was?
1: Yes, that was episode thirty nine, finding your purpose through loneliness.
0: Yeah, so we've often judged loneliness as, oh, I'm a really unattractive person when I'm lonely, but actually, there's an important gift there. So you might want to look at that podcast episode thirty nine right now. As I mentioned, we're seeing a lot of shadow in our culture we don't like what we've become which you can see from the debate around social media and the negative aspects of our culture being repeated back to us by the facebook algorithms however this so-called truth or revealing of the truth about how facebook works which actually many of us knew anyway but anyway we've we told ourselves this truth about how Facebook uses the negative psychology of humans to destroy the way we can appreciate people from a different culture, that's actually revealing and helping us to see that dark aspect of ourselves or that shadow so that now we have a choice to do something different. How amazing is it that Facebook has been shown to reveal the very dark aspect of ourselves that wants to destroy and that gets excited by the emotions of tearing things down or blaming other cultures? In other periods of history, this very emotional energy made people go to war and kill people over these beliefs. And now, through Facebook and the algorithms that have been revealed to us, We have an opportunity to see that darkness and we have equal responsibility to choose to act. We can act differently. Injustice and inequality must be addressed and acknowledged. And there are some crucial lessons and gifts of each and every culture that can help people come together and accept all cultures. However, the emphasis on the difference between cultures, without understanding the lesson or the gift of that culture, can be used as criticism of that culture, without appreciating what that culture is here to teach us, which we can see a lot throughout this pandemic. Unfortunately, the debate about Facebook and what it's doing ignores and blinds us to the solution which is to understand the gifts of each culture which is what the original creators of the internet wanted. They wanted a global culture of sharing the gifts of everybody on this planet. Facebook started with a different idea of sharing faces so you could follow people So perhaps that original idea was not so much about sharing and more about showing off. A person, an individual of any culture, can only share when they know the gift of their culture. If you only think your culture is right or is the best, then of course you will criticise other cultures. However, when you understand the light and the shadow of your own culture you will look at the gift of your culture and you will think, or you can think, how does the shadow of my culture help me embrace my gift? How does the light of my culture also learn from, or even need the shadow in order to grow and evolve more light?
1: Angela, I know you have lived in a few different countries from your experiences. How can we learn to appreciate the uniqueness and differences of other countries and cultures?
0: Yes, well, firstly, I'll start from my childhood, because that's where we learn a lot about our own culture and others, our own culture and its relationship to others. And I grew up in Australia from parents who were immigrants from Sicily. And when I went to school, I also had friends who had parents who were immigrants and parents and friends who had parents who came from the first colonial families and i had one aboriginal friend at school which was unusual actually so right from school i was surrounded by people of different cultures and different immigrant experiences and different indigenous experience of my friend who was aboriginal and we at school, we spoke about our parents. <laughs> we spoke about family and how that made us feel and how we felt different from each other. And we listened to each other. We listened to everybody's different struggles with their parents and their sense of self. So that's a big clue. School and, and how you talk to each other about your experience as a child within your family will give you a sense of culture. Because your family is how you learn about culture. And because we all came from different cultures, that's how we. I began to learn about culture. And we made fun of each other too. <laughs> so if we had a quirk, we made fun of that. But we didn't put the person down. We just honoured that that's how you are. We didn't say that was good or bad. We just said that's how you are. That's the most important way I learned. And I think today we're not teaching kids about that in the same fashion, and we can, that's a big, big thing. People are trying to teach diversity, but they take it out of the family context. If you go back to family, you honor the child and you honor the parents and you honor the ancestors and you can't go wrong. Especially when I talked to my friend who was from an Aboriginal family, she was separated from her bio, biological family and that caused her so much suffering. So a lot of her conversations was about that. She told me when she went to see her biological mum, and I just asked her questions and she just shared. And I was, you know, I was kind of like suffering with her. But in her talking about it, it gave me a gift of understanding a lot about Australian history, which I didn't know because they didn't teach you at the schools in the time. So all you have to do is get kids to talk about their family. And how that experience is, and how it's different, and how it's the same. So later on, I then danced and performed with a collective of theatre groups in Sydney called the Multicultural Theatre Alliance in the 90s, in the 1990s. And we had people from all continents trying to understand each other. The parties were the best, right? Because it was really cross cultural and some people hooked up with each other and I'm a big advocate of people intermarrying from different cultures because I think that's how people have done that for thousands of years um, and we learned a lot from the music and theater groups sharing different dance music and performance styles and I learned a lot through those performers and artists about their recent f- history and how that had forced people to leave their home and come to Australia. And sometimes it was a good thing, sometimes it was a bad thing. (laughs) Okay, back to the light and the shadow. And many times those immigrants would not have... Of course, you know, they might have left because they were running from turbulence or war. Maybe they wouldn't have experienced this light in Australia or the darkness of Australia, from having immigrated. So there was always a purpose to to the immigrant story. So then after that, I started to live in the USA in Florida. And that's where I also met a huge combination of people from all different cultural backgrounds. We danced together, we partied together, we shared music. And we saw how our music was different and then how we could jam together. And I studied dance in Australia, USA, Bali, from all different folkloric backgrounds, from the Far East to the Middle East and Europe, and also from the Americas through the Latin dances. And I also experienced African and studied African dance through Australia, actually, and also through Brazilian dances with uh, Afro-samba which I learnt in New York. So I got a taste of every continent. Now, interestingly, what I discovered from my school to the Multicultural Theatre Alliance and then later on to the cultural dance, I learnt more quickly and easily through dance about the energy of a culture than just by talking and sharing with people. (laughs) I learned more about acceptance of a culture, from the gift of that culture through the dance and the music. So with my friends at school, we spent hours talking and listening to each other about our parents. And even now, I'm still learning about my friends from school, about their family, things I didn't know about their parents' immigrant experience. Because often, you didn't talk about the immigrant experience I don't know Patty if that's something that that you grew up with but many immigrants in the USA they don't talk about Europe because it was the war or perhaps a, a, a Auschwitz experience or something mm-hmm. awful mm-hmm. Um, Is that something that you've had experience with in your family with immigrants coming to America they didn't they left out some parts of their journey.
1: Yeah, actually, my dad's family d- didn't really talk about anything. My Both sides of my family were from Canada, America, and Canada. So they immigrated back and forth.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes the immigrant story, because they're busy moving and reestablishing roots to have babies and c- continue the family, they don't have a lot of time. To talk about some aspects of the story that might be too painful. That might be things that they learned to overcome quickly and they yeah, move on.
1: My mom's father's side of the family were Mormons. So one of my great uncles wrote about the pilgrimage and the family and, and all of that. So there is actually a book about the pioneers and I guess one of my great-great-great-grandfathers was a scout for Brigham Young, so that is part of the history. And then my grandfather's family then went to Canada, and then my grandparents came back to the United States. So that's one side of the family that I have a little bit more history on than the other side of the family.
0: And those journeys are a really important pathway of integrating culture. So often the immigrant experience, depending on what's recorded and what's not recorded, it will be, if your family immigrated through slavery, for example, that's in your unspoken family history because they often don't speak about it, but it's in your body. It's in your unconscious and it's really important. I'm going to share more about that later from my family with Sicily, But evolution through immigration is a huge aspect of culture that we're not really happy to talk about at the moment because people don't like immigration (laughs) issues. And I'm still discovering pieces of my family history because many things my dad just didn't talk about. I had to kind of go through my mother to get my father's story. She, She used to talk a lot. But what I discovered through the dance surprised me because I didn't need the immigrant stories of those people, especially through the Multicultural Theatre Alliance. I discovered the energy of a culture in the dance very quickly without having to hear about the light and the shadow or the different stories. When I worked with the artists in that group, I learnt about the fusion of those journeys of people through different aspects of their culture from the way they danced and even from the way they moved their hands and eyes and i remember one member of our group was from singapore which i didn't have any experience with at the time and she danced with her eyes and hands and she stood with her body posture in a way that i'd never seen in that moment one moment i felt the energy of her strength, and I saw how she could be a masculine energy in the dance. I saw how she moved in a way that enabled her to move from both masculine and feminine energies. I saw the shape of her fingers and hands and the relationship of the fingers with the eyes as something that I certainly didn't know how to embody. And it was a very sharp and smooth way of shaping space without words. So when I watched her dance and perform, immediately I could feel an energy that I would never have ever experienced in my life. And in my life, I have worked with people from Singapore, but I never knew the feeling of what that performer showed me in the dance, the shaping of the space. It's very nonverbal, but it's very immediate. So every time I dance with a different cultural dance... I discovered that the Far Eastern dances were always, for me, the hardest and the most difficult to embody, especially the dance from Bali. That was excruciating because those dances require a precision that I don't naturally have. Whereas when I did Afro-Brazilian dance, I was exhilarated, I was free and I could shake and sway my body in a way that felt so empowering for me, a freedom for my soul. So it started to show me through the dance how I was able to feel the light and the dark aspects of myself. So the Far East dances show the shadow in me where I resist and I don't like discipline. I don't like refined details. And perhaps the masculine energy from the Far East that is more assertive in a way that does not feel natural to me. Whereas in the Afro-Brazilian dance, I celebrated a freedom in myself where I felt I could let go of restriction, which is my gift. I like to be free of restriction. So it's a very long answer to your question, Patty. (laughs) (laughs) What I found is that talking about people's experience of their family is a powerful way to connect to the light and the dark in a culture and in the dance of dancers from all different countries. I found the light and the dark in myself. What am I prepared to explore in this world? What am I afraid of exploring because I don't like it in me or I don't like it as an expression? Today we live in a global community. That is why culture and understanding culture is more important. If you don't like something in a culture, That could be a doorway to opening something you don't understand or like in yourself or don't like as an expression in the world. If we don't understand different cultures, it becomes really hard to live and work with people of different cultural backgrounds. And as a relationship coach, I have seen how it is hard to stay married to someone when you don't understand their culture because you feel like you're just in the wrong compound at the zoo. then like another animal species. However, I've found in my own relationships, when you accept the light and shadow in yourself, you no longer judge your partner or their culture or their family. The judgment actually disappears, but only when you've understood or started to claim the light and the shadow in yourself. The pandemic has taught us that a world that doesn't work together isn't a very happy world. We struggle with our own issues and the virus can still populate countries that did well to get it under control because we're no longer living in our isolated village. We have to start thinking about our world. So
1: I'm going to give some questions to the listeners We would love to hear what the pandemic has taught you personally. How has it affected your relationships at home and work? What are some good things that you have experienced? And what are your experiences living with a partner from another culture? And how did you both learn to understand each other and share your differences in a positive light? And we'll have these questions in the show notes.
0: Thanks, Patty. I think it's really valuable to explore all of those questions. One more thing I'd like to share is that culture is a growing, living, evolving experience of life. And we must grow through the intersection and collaboration of cultures, which does include conflict. And responding to conflict from a place of light or shadow? Which do you choose? Both are, both are valid, but be aware that you are making a choice. The intermarriage of cultures has not been pleasant in the past of some cultures. However, it has led to cultural diversity that is so rich and gives us so many wonderful things that if those cultures did not intermarry, we wouldn't have them. Conflict does not only result in bad things. Conflict also gives us evolution, new things that never existed. Perhaps this is what we need to see as a diving board for what the global culture we have now is giving us as an opportunity to create a new culture. My parents grew up in a pretty isolated village culture in Sicily that was already very rich in diversity from thousands of years of invasions and they had a strong culture that united people from very diverse bloodlines. Sicilian culture sees itself or saw itself as separate and different to Italy but still connected. My parents taught me a lot about not being able to control certain elements of life because in Sicily chaos is a part of its history and the mafia post-war economics made things unsettled and unpredictable. Sicily is a unique culture and has celebrated combining the artistic and philosophical traditions of cultures across the Mediterranean. So through the eclectic past of Sicily, I was more aware of how culture is not just one influence, but instead a culture is shaped by many influences, people who pass by, people who you may not like sleeping with your daughters, (laughs) people who took control whether you wanted it or not, and also people who inspired you with the beauty of their music, their art, their cuisine, their ideas of how to live, to grow food, to eat, and generally share with you the finer things in life. Sicilians love food, and I always wondered if this stemmed from all the travellers and invaders who went to Sicily and started growing their food. And the Sicilians, the native Sicilians, also sharing their love of growing, cultivating and cooking and thereby turning people who were were once invaders into family.
1: That was beautiful, Angela. Thank you so much for sharing your insights on the subject. Here's a self-reflection question. Can you imagine a world where everyone admired each other's differences and loved each other for their uniqueness. What would that be like? Well, this episode has given us a lot to think about, the light and the shadow in every culture and how to build a world with better relationships. We would love to hear your tips, strategies, or inspiring stories on building better relationships at home and work, or about this particular podcast topic. If you enjoyed this podcast, how about becoming a monthly supporter? Click on the support button in the Anchor app. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you.
0: Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.